Hey everybody, this is Senior Pastor Joshua B. Carson saying thank you for tuning into the CT Podcast. We hope that your time here, whether you're driving down the road or whether you're sitting at home with a journal and listening in, we hope that it's effective. Maybe it'll be inspirational, encouraging, maybe it'll be thought-provoking. Regardless of what session you're listening to, we truly pray that this is a benefit to you and to your family. God bless and enjoy the podcast. Judges 14, it's kind of an interesting start here to this chapter. You've heard me say before about Samson that he was a he-man with a she-weakness, and I know a lot of guys like that. He wasn't the first, he won't be the last. But the Bible says that he went down to Timnath. In verse 1, he saw that woman of the daughters of the Philistines. He came, he told his father, he said, (laughs) found a looker in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. Now, therefore, get her for me to wife. His father and his mother said, Is there never a woman among the daughters of thy brethren? He said, No. He said, "Get, Get her. Get her for me. He said, We don't really date girls like that. It's amazing how quick the parents folded because the kid wanted it. Oh, that was an awkward little ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> But his father, his mother knew not that it was the Lord that sought occasion against the Philistines. He's going to get victory over the enemy one way or the other. I want you to really draw your attention in here on verse 5. Then, then went Samson down. Multiple times in this book of Judges, especially in the life of Samson, you're going to read that Samson does a lot of going down going down. He went down, his father and his mother, to Timnath and came to the vineyards of Timnath. And behold, a young lion roared against him. The Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him and he rent him as he would have rent a kid. Now, let me give you that in English. He, uh, he killed the lion like he would have killed a small goat. That's still a weird reference. (laughs) If you're a goat killer, keep it to yourself. Went down and talked with the woman and she pleased Samson well. Just look at this verse 8. Here we are, everybody together. Verse verse 8, verse 8. And after, after a return, this time, he, he returned to take her. He was after her, but, but he turned aside to see the carcass of the lion. Now part of, this, part of this vow that his mother had made on his behalf before he was even born We know it of the Nazarite vow of the Old Testament that there would be no razor come to his head. That he would partake of no wine. There'd be no no strong drink. Nothing of the vineyard. It's, It's a dangerous thing when you spend time playing in vineyards when there should be no grapes to your mouth. But he was also supposed to stay away from the dead things. 
It's a part of this covenant. It's a part of this vow. But he turns aside to see the carcass of the lion. I would would submit to you that in this moment we see something about the character of Samson. I want everybody to hear me closely. Notice the scripture very closely. We see a flaw in the character of Samson that he needed to feed his ego by looking at the carcass of a lion he had killed. He didn't turn aside to give glory to God. He turned aside to see the carcass of the lion. And behold, there was a swarm of bees and honey. Oh, there was there was honey in the carcass of the lion and he took thereof in his hands. I don't like sticky things, so I think that's gross. But he took it in his hands and he went on eating. And he came to his father and to his mother and he gave them and they did eat. But he told not them that he had taken the honey out of the carcass of the lion. And for a little while, I want to preach to you um, in the form of a question. Where did the honey come from? Where, if, if what you're feasting on tastes sweet, you need to know the root of what you're feasting on. We better make sure that the root of our current substance is not from the source of sin. I feel the Holy Ghost. I I don't want to preach long, but I do want to preach powerfully, and I want the anointing of God to help us. I'm asking every person in this room to lift your voice. Would you audibly begin to pray and ask God's Word to do what God's Word needs to do? Come on, God's Word for God's people in God's hour. I'm going to turn my mic off. I want you to lift your voices, everybody, as loud as you can in prayer. Call on the name of the Lord. And everybody said, in the name of the Lord. God bless you, and you may be seated here tonight. I would submit to you on this Sunday evening that Samson did have a call of God upon his life. Samson did have a purpose. I want every young man, every young adult man, I want you to hear me very clearly on behalf of of the life of Samson. He did have a very clear purpose for his life. He had a God-ordained mission to fulfill. And Brother Womble, I am convinced that the greatest deceit in Samson's life was not the deceit of a woman. It was the deceit that his actions only affected him. 
I want that to sink in to every individual that will hear very clearly. When you have a God covenant, your actions are bigger than yourself. What I choose to do is greater than just me. What I decide that I will or that I will not be a part of. What I will or I will not hold on to. What covenants I will or I will not be knitted together with. It, it's more than just affecting me. We see it on the most surface and elementary of biological levels within the parameters of his own family. Because when Samson was not happy about his dating situation, he went to his parents and he told them, get me this woman. Now our day and our age and our culture is just a little bit different. I look back and see Brother Evan Titus, our men's director, and I don't know exactly how it happened, but I bet that when you laid eyes upon your wife and you wanted to marry her, you didn't go to your parents and say, I got a job for you. <laughs> and if you're here and it's how you're doing it, newsflash, you're doing it wrong. Okay? If you're in college and still passing notes, you're doing it wrong. If you're in college or you're a young adult and you're still asking dates and breaking up via text, you might be old enough, but you're not mature enough. All right. That's just free. It's just a little. But he, he brings this question, if you please, to his parents. It was not a question about her lineage it was not a question about her worthiness. It was not a question about her beauty. The question was, how long is it going to take you to get with the program of what I want? And it is a dangerous thing, little Sammy boy, when you think that your parents should answer to your beck and call when you're trying to date somebody, <laughs> you said you wanted it. That's not going to feed the body. So preach with me on this for a minute. We need parents, godly apostolic grandparents that would look at Samson and say, wait a minute. And they did, Brother Henderson, a little bit. It's one of those conversations. They at least could have said to the elder, you know, we told her she wasn't a good option. We tried to tell them. Then why did you take a day trip to Tim? But she is a sweet girl. And you know, Samson's got a vow. I want to speak something very clearly. I'm speaking it backwards to Samson, but I'm speaking it presently to us. Having a covenant does not exclude you from keeping a covenant. Having a covenant does not make me exempt 
from living a lifestyle that is pure to the things of God. But I promise you, if you're Samson and you can tear a lion apart like a goat, I want to revisit that for a second. Lest we ever read the KJV and Brother Harrison, we don't give it ample time. I bet some of your softball players think they're pretty strong. Nobody is showing up on Thursday night saying a lion came out. What'd you do? Treated that thing like a baby goat. That's an odd reference, Brother Burn. Ripped it apart like a baby goat. You need help. How many agree in our modern way of thinking? You need counseling. If that's your reference. But it was the biblical strength and the way that he was making it known that the subtleness and the simplicity and the lack of fear that he would have had for this small goat is how he felt when the lion came out. I'll tell you why. Because he was a man of covenant. And if we are not careful, because we are people of covenant, we will not fear the ferocious while we are tripped up by the temporal. We got a woman in Timnath that is ready to destroy us and there will be a prostitute at Gaza and there will and we can rip lions apart but we can't stay off our phone. You know the average American spends four hours a day on their phone or on a screen? It's so tight. Boy, it must be good. Must be, must be good right now. Brother Mathis, we're in the most technologically advanced generation in the world. I can remember being a student here at Indiana Bible College 20-whatever, none of your business years ago. And I can remember Brother Mooney getting up, Pastor Mooney getting up, and it was the first time I had ever heard it called the idiot box. Who remembers that? But I'm going to tell you right now, it's not right that I can slay devils in church that I invite into my living room. Is this too old school? Is this... Are y'all right with this? So to the college students that are about to leave and the young people that are here and the moms and the dads that will amen me, I rise to the occasion tonight to remind us we are still people of the covenant. We are still people of the name. And we are... We are not looking for women of Timnath. And we are not looking to the idolatry of this world. And... We're not looking for fake love on websites. We're not looking for old crushes on Facebook. I'm going to preach it. I'm going to preach it to every seasoned marriage in this room. Men, you hear me. You don't have any business looking up some girl that you dated 20, 30, 40 years ago. Ladies, you've got no business on Facebook looking up people that you dated 20, 30, 40 years ago. That's all right. I'm preaching real good right now. I'm going to preach it. There's a woman at Timnath, but there's a covenant in your heart. 
There's a covenant in our spirit. There's a determination. Brother Kipsard, I'm not going to let this vow be broken. Just because I can kill a lion, I don't want to be convinced that I'm okay. But the danger with killing lions is you can feel like you still got it. It's like some of us that are getting a little older and we hit a three-pointer. I promise you I hit a three-pointer, I'll moonwalk away from that thing. If you're like me, you, you wake up now after you play ball, hurting in... <laughs> Who would be honest? Come on, bear witness with me. You're people of covenant. Who in here besides me has ever woke up after the day you decided you would play ball? Or you would, and you, oh, God. I've had friends, Brother Trey, shoulder ain't what it used to. Had friends text me and say, how you feel? Good. Comma, you? You know you feel like death. It's a dangerous thing when you kill. Please catch this. He kills a lion walking into a territory he shouldn't be in. And I know God's going to use it for good. I understand. I, I can read the text as well as you. But we've got to be careful that we don't read this text and think that God was giving our generations a license to dabble in mischief. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost. He kills a lion, and if we are not careful, that, that mighty anointing that has come upon Samson becomes a license to say, hey, I'm fine. I'm fine. If I wasn't in the will of God, I wouldn't still kill the lion. But you study this story like me. You, you, you take a little look at Sam like I have for all these years. You dig into this, and you find out where the real problem was, was that mama made a covenant Mama in her barrenness makes a covenant and hears from God. So much so that the angel returns and she runs and gets her husband. Says, you stay here. Runs and gets her husband. Comes back. Has a conversation. Brother, brother Terry, uh, it is a, brother Marshall, it is a God-ordained promise. My boy's going to be blessed. Leave his hair alone. Leave his lips alone. Keep him away from the dead thing. But you've seen it like I have. When everything is built on your mama's covenant. Anybody besides me just figured out at some point you've got to get it for yourself. Man, I'm preaching to somebody in this room tonight. It's time to get it for yourself. Your mom prayed for you for decades. Your daddy sought God for you. Your grandma bit burnt the midnight oil. But I got a word from heaven for you. This has got to be your covenant. This has got to be my covenant. This has got to be my passion. I know what my mom wants for my life. But I'm going to tell you, I want what God wants for me. This is why I don't want to offend anybody, but I don't think mamas call kids to preach. I don't think, woo. 
I don't think daddies call kids to the mission field any more than I think you should force them to be a lawyer because you're a lawyer or force them to be in construction because you're in construction. But I think our job is to do this. We got to train them to be holy and train them to be righteous and train them to be in the will of God. I'll tell you what the will of God is. It is our covenant. It is our covenant to doctrine. And the covenant that we have with the blood of Jesus says it like the songs we've been singing. There is no other name like the name of Jesus. There, I don't want to be looking towards... I don't want to be looking towards Tim Nath. Let me bring it into today's culture. I don't want to be living according to what Instagram is saying. But he killed a lion like a goat. He's fine. If good days are all it takes for the measure of godly lives, <laughs> awesome. My only problem is. I don't have Bible for that. Pastor, I'm good. Lion came out. Woo. Thought he was going to destroy me. It's not who you are when you're killing the lion. It's who you are when you're looking at the carcass. Feel that? <laughs> if I'm not careful, I'm going to think I did it. If we're not careful, we'll think it was our singing or our preaching or our. You said it right when you said it a minute ago when they were watching. You know what they felt? They felt the presence of God when they were watching online and heard that music and heard that singing. If I'm not careful, Brother Lopez, you give that testimony and I want you to say, hey, hey, say, say it's when I was preaching. Say, you could have got up and said, I think I was preaching. You could have been preaching that good message on repentance. I was up there and. Brother McGrath, you could tell that one I was doing that highlight. It was real good. It's real good. It's real good. Just did something to him. I want every preacher and every saint of God to be clear with me right now. It's not about us. If there's any glory, it's his glory. If there's any righteousness, it's Israel. Samson, it's not about you. It's about the keeping and the protection and the provision. There's not a person in this, there's not a person in this building that's really read this book that reads that and thinks, oh, pastor, he was going to give God praise for what he did. You better read it again. He was visiting a recent victory. 
walked up to that curtain. You've got to paint the idiocy of the moment that he's in proximity to Timnah. He is flirting with failure while rejoicing. You know what he's doing? He's justifying today's choice by yesterday's win. I'm fine. I'm still here. The lion's dead. And the danger with this is that he gets close enough. Now he knows, Brother John, he knows his vow tells him, you don't touch that. But what mama don't know, (laughs) what daddy don't know, they prayed this. I didn't even ask for this. They How dare they get in my room? How dare they get in my stuff? Please picture this with me. I've been a hunter since I was a child. I don't mean that offensive for anybody. Just have been from southern Illinois. It's the way I was raised. But the thought of going back to a decomposing Ugh, I heard that across the whole room. Ugh. Rotting carcass. You ever been close to something? You ever just drive past something even with the windows up? And thought, oh God, have mercy. If you're a parent, first thing you do is start looking at your kids. Why? Why? What did you? <laughs> you laugh because you know. You know. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. I don't know why I said that. (laughs) That body is stinking. That carcass is decomposing. But he notices the bees floating around it. (laughs) You gotta be kidding me. And he reaches into an old victory. And he gets involved without caution. He touches the dead thing. Scoops honey up out of there. I know what some of you are thinking in this room. He wasn't scared of them bees. Killed a lion. (laughs) I don't think he had an allergy issue. And he he comes walking down the road. Honey, original Pooh Bear, just. (laughs) Here's my great problem. My great problem, Brother Sleva. Without even considering or caring, he haphazardly walks up to his parents. No respect. No honor. That mama was giving up everything for this baby. She laid in travail 
and turmoil. She had such deep prayer that the angel of God came to her. And now this offspring with a girl issue is so audacious that he haphazardly walks up to his parents. Try this. And the parents... Every, every parent, every middle age, every grandparent, I'm preaching to us now for the next moment. Technology has passed some of us by. I teased this morning about child-proofing locks and counters, and the kids are the only ones that can get into stuff. You, how many know in here, if you need your phone set up, you give it? Know a four-year-old? It's the truth. I don't know how to program. If we need anything technology programmed in our house, I call my boys. And they give me one of those looks like, you're 107. <laughs> if you want to make it to your next birthday, get in there and program. That's how we talk. It's godly. Um, but technology's passed us that's why we're being very intentional with our family ministries and, and we're going to present something this next month in May to try to guard. I'm so concerned about guarding. You young men and you young women, I'm so concerned about guarding you. And families, I'm so concerned that we make sure we're not feasting on honey that's from the carcass of broken covenant. Well, it tastes sweet. Samson's eating it, so it must be. I remind everybody my age and above in this room right now what we've been taught and what we've taught all of our lives just because they're doing it. Who, who in this room has ever heard or has ever said just because so-and-so's doing it doesn't make it right? I'm going to preach it right now. Just because some are saying holiness doesn't matter, doesn't make it right. Just because some people are saying you can go wherever you want and it's still apostolic, doesn't make it right. Don't give me honey from the carcass of a broken covenant and tell me that it's fine because it's not fine. Come on, we got to preach holiness and we got to live holiness. We got to preach covenant and we got to live covenant. Dads, been on string here on these Sunday nights. I hope it's okay. Dads, we gotta be, we gotta be righteous dads. That's what I'm wondering. Should I say it? We got to be righteous in our homes. They're listening to the way we talk to our spouses. Hear me right now. If you're in business, they're listening to the way you talk to clients. They're listening to the way you talk to people when you drive. 
Killed him like a goat. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not saying we shouldn't be human. I'm just saying we got to remember we're people of the covenant. <laughs> Women of God, we got to be, got to be godly. I'm going to say something right now in love and in fear before the Lord. If you're aging, you got to be okay with it. That's a smattering of applause, but I'm going to say it again. And I want you to hear it as a word from the Lord. you got to be okay with aging as a godly apostolic woman. And this is not the season to let anybody make you question who you are or where your beauty comes from or where your glory comes from or where your righteousness comes from. I'm going to tell my wife in front of everybody. I'm going to put myself... Don't you ever let me say anything to make you feel lesser for being holy and being godly and being righteous. I don't want you to look like the world. I don't want you to be like the world. I don't want you to dress like the world. I don't want because I'm not attracted to that and I don't want to be attracted to that. I'm a man of covenant. Come on, men of covenant. Come on, women of covenant. And I cannot separate the context of what I'm preaching from the context of what I live. But I do have people, and you do too, that want us to separate who we are from the modern context of the world. And make us a lesser version of ourselves. Want us to be people of covenant with the honey of dead carcass on our hands. This makes sense what I'm trying to say, Brother Brown. Does this make sense? I want to make sure I'm trying to make sense of this I don't want us to think that we have somehow built this we didn't build this God has built this we didn't purchase this he purchased this with his own with his own blood and so we don't have the right in 2023 or any year for that matter to think that we don't have to follow covenant and we don't have to be in alignment with the word of God. But what we better do like never before is ask the question, wait a minute, before I feast on it, where'd that honey come from? Before I put that into my lips, before I accept that into my... I'm gonna preach it. I've even been challenged by elders that I don't need to preach on righteousness. I'm going to preach it till the day the Lord comes. I'm going to preach our kids out of hell with everything I possibly can. If you know me at all, you know I love people. I'm going to reach for people. But I'm going to reach for people with the truth, not with some compromise, not with some watered-down religion, not with some mediocre. I don't want to walk in here with honey on my hands and you not ask me where it come from. I want you to be able to say, I know it was the Lord. I know it was the word of the Lord. I don't want any honey from a dead carcass. I want the word that's tied to covenant. Stand with me all over this house. Woo! We preach we preach truth because we have to. We live truth because we want to. Because we're people of the covenant. Now that's not a license for us to be dogmatic. It's not a license for us to be mean. 
We're not trying to win arguments. We're trying to win souls. Mm. Started singing that song a little while ago. Some of you love it. Some of you hate it. It's okay. I don't don't even know where I'm at. I like parts of it. How many know that song they start saying, it gets in your head, and I'm sorry to even say it, gets one of those get in your head songs, that honey in the rock. You know, yeah, you know. Some of you are like, mm. give me that old time religion. Some of you like it, honey in the rock. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm indifferent. I, I, it's okay. I like it, and then I don't like when it's stuck in my head. First time they sang that, I had people, I could tell they were confused. Honey in a row. I thought it was water. <laughs> so I'm telling on a bunch of people in the room, they're like, I did, I thought it was water. Remember, because Moses and the whole he hit it thing? And then the Lord said, speak, and he didn't. And I didn't know it was honey. I bet that was delicious. <laughs> Deuteronomy talking about Jacob being desolate it's talking about the provision of God it's talking about a substance found in God the scripture there is talking about Jacob it's talking about isolation it's talking about abandonment it's talking about that no matter where you're at no matter how alone you think you are God will provide for his people Brother Merrick Faulkner is trying to tell us in that patriarch of old that God knew where he was. There's this thing about honey. Honey is a natural carbohydrate. It's substance. It gets immediately into the blood sugar. Those of you that are ever on an extended fast, if you're on an extended fast and you start feeling that lightheaded, take some honey and go ahead and just dissolve it in water and drink that. It'll get immediately into your blood sugar. It'll give you carbohydrates. And Those of you that think that's feasting, I would tell you it'd be better than fainting. (laughs) It's talking about this honey that was in the rock for provision and the dangerous similarity or the parallel here from Judges. That wasn't honey from the provision of God. But that was the arrogant egotistical hand of a covenant breaker walking to Timnath please catch this I'm done walking to Timnath through a vineyard with honey in his hand are you really surprised that he ends up losing his hair and losing his eyes When covenant becomes a joke. Your vision is soon to follow. When covenant becomes a game. Young people listen to me. If we ever get to the place where we walk up to the elders and we say. Taste this and trust me. 
I want every elder in the room to hear me. You've got every bit of godly permission to ask this question. Where's that honey from? If something comes on in your car and your spirit feels checked, you got every right to say, wait a minute. That's sweet, but where's that honey from? Whew. Would you lift your hands with me all over this house? And my God, my God. My God, my God. I'm asking that young people, young adults, middle age and elders alike across this room would begin to pray a simple prayer that should turn powerful. Lord, would you help me to love my covenant with you? Lord, would you help me to fall in love with the vow that I've made with you? This is not just my mama's vow. This is not just my father's vow. I don't want to turn my eyes towards Timnath. I, I don't want to deviate from my purpose and put my hands into dead things. I, I don't want to feast from the carcass of a dead lion. I, I, I want to return tonight to telling you audibly and emotionally that I am spiritually committed to my vow. Oh, somebody let that roll off your lips right now from your heart. Thank you for my vow. Thank you for this covenant. Thank you for letting me be righteous. Thank you for letting me live to please you. It's a joy, oh God. That I get to live in covenant with you. Oh, somebody full of the Holy Ghost, I want you to begin to thank Him for that covenant that you have. While you're praying, I want all of our IBC students that are going to be leaving and returning, I want you to come and fill this altar area right now. All of our IBC students that are here, I want you to come. I want you to fill this altar. Press all the way in. Press all the way across. Please let everyone get in. I want our ministers and elders, I want, you to, I want you to be prepared here in a moment to come, to come in behind them. Any families here in the church that have adopted any of these kids, I want you to feel free to come here in a moment. You students that are coming, please come all the way across so that others can come. Please, you back here, please come across the backside and allow others to get in. Please, thank you on both sides. Thank you. How many are in agreement with me? We want these young people to be guarded. We want them to be kept. We want you to be kept.
But I speak to you tonight. Each and every one of you young men and young ladies, I want you to hear me right now. Your strength in God will not keep you from the opportunity to have detour. If there were ever a strong man in Scripture, we've read and preached and taught of him tonight. But he got distracted. And he got swayed. And it is dangerous, and many of you have already learned this. And if you have not, you have probably seen it or you will. It is a dangerous thing that we can sway and then still shake ourselves and operate. Brother Liam, if we're not careful, you preach so good tonight. But if we're not careful, we can reach our hand into a lion and then still get up. Because it's one of the words you said tonight. You use the word craft. And it is. It's the calling. It's the craft. It even for many of you will be your profession and your livelihood and how you. But it is first a covenant. Whew. Some of you within the next month will have been an entire year in Bible college and stand at the fork of distraction. And it looks sweet, but to actually touch it, you have to break covenant. And if you're not careful, you'll justify your actions by feeding it to others. You do realize that's what Samson was doing, right? When he fed it to his parents, he was finding justification for himself. We want you to be protected in your calling. We want you to be kept. Some of you will go home to very tough home lives. Some of you will go home to very isolated scenarios. Some of you, you can't wait to get home. It's you, you've just been waiting on that cooking. So sick of ramen noodles. Some of you will go home to lush homes and beautiful bedrooms. And, but some of you will go home to isolation. You'll go home to the stench of cigarettes and the smell of alcohol. But whether you go home to a home full of his glory or you go home to a home full of debauchery, you hear me, you all go home with a calling. You all go home with purpose. And you all go home with covenant. Your vow is too important. I want our ministers, I want our elders, I want some of you families that feel it, you college students. I don't know your exact situations, but I do know that God wants to use you this summer. Please listen to me. Don't lose time this summer in advancing the kingdom. Don't think, well, I'm just going to take the whole summer off. You can't afford to take the whole summer off. 
Some of you, you, you think, I'm going to take the summer off, but I still got to work my job. Well, you've still got to work spiritually because you've got to guard your vow. You've got to guard your covenant. How many of you are seniors? I want you to raise your hand. If you're here, then you're a senior and you're graduating. Several of you moved around. Seniors, I want you to keep your hands up. Ministers, I want you specifically first to begin to find them. We're going to honor our own graduates here in a week or two, but right now we're going to pray for these IBC students. Men, I want you to link up together. Ladies, I want you to link up to. I know most of us, you, you probably didn't get to walk up right next to your normal friend group. That's good. That's okay. You might not have any idea what they're going home to. You might not know what dead lions laying in the weeds of their hometown. And I feel this so strong. Church family, I love you so much. Will you be the powerful church you are and stretch your hands towards them right now? Come on, you powerful prayer warriors out here in this body. Oh, come on, would you begin to pray keeping and protection upon these students?